Hello and welcome to another episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. It's Aaron, your Dungeon Master here, and I'm just here to tell you guys that this episode occurs just after the Crown Killers fled the Burning Valiant Odyssey building. So we get to take a look at what happens to the Odyssey and its participants in this next episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. It also happens when the Forgotten Four are halfway across the dry expanse trying to find answers from the Archaic to stop Delnak the Outcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in so much. We appreciate every single listen and make sure you go and check out our Instagram because that's where our last show announcements happen and we'd love to see you there. Thank you very much and be valiant. I am Rondane. We're back. Hello and welcome to another episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey, guys. I'm sitting around the table with Korgarth, Zen. Hello there. Bagram. Yeah. And Leo. Guys, we have a brand new episode here waiting for you. But before we kick things off, because it's been so long, these characters are going to tell you their name, their race, their class. Give us a little description on what you look like. Things might have changed since the last we saw slash heard you. And you guys are going to talk to me about one thing your character does as soon as they wake up and keep it clean. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Roll to see who goes first. Yes. All right. So, Korgarth, name, race, class, a little bit about what you look like. First thing you do when you wake up. I, um, I'm a six foot four blue chromatic dragonborn. Um, the blue is really like standout-ish cobalt blue. Uh, I have a long tail, really sharp claws, electric eyes. I have the typical paladin sort of armor and robe. Um, and I have dreams about flying. That's my big thing is I want to fly one day. Zen, you're up. Yes, hello there. I'm Zen. Uh, I am a half-elf, half-tiefling. Full name, Zendatis Demeral. I am a warlock and sorcerer. When I wake up in the morning, uh, the first thing I like to do is have an existential crisis. Uh, and then I like to have a nice warm shower. Very good. All right. Now we go to Bagram. Ah, Bagram. So, Bergram, I am an Eldrin rogue. I am mostly kind of a kind of silvery, shiny skin, kind of bluish white hair. First thing I do in the morning is basically figure out I have a bit of a one track mind. So, basically, kind of figure out what I'm going to do today to actually kind of follow my path. Right to the to do list. All right. And last but certainly not least, we have Leonidas Goldenmane. Off you go, Leo. Uh, yeah. So, I, uh, I'm Leonidas Goldenmane, uh, level five ranger. I am Leonin. Uh, and I have a absolutely immaculate uh, mane that uh, somehow swishes everywhere I go, whether there's- Like a, a Disney cat. Like a Disney cat. <laughs> Meow. Mm. Uh, first thing that Leo probably likes to do in the morning, probably wants to enjoy a, a hearty meal with his uh, retainers. Guys, so when we left off, you guys were in various different Places. So Zendardus, you had just recently had a little adventure with Felix Key and Halrod. I don't call that adventure. I call that like I was taken <laughs> hostage. Bagram, your last adventure was indeed with uh, Zen when you went to the ball. Demons. Yeah, and the masks and things like that, which Destroy now resides demons. in the Hall of Heroes in the Valiant Odyssey Adventures Guild. Korgarth, you were given a job by Arden, the nature of which you know, but nobody else does. You've been doing that. 
Very good. And then Leonidas, something very strange happened to you after defeating Azulo. Curiosity got the better of you, and your little kitty cat paws reached out and touched a precious green gem. And um, we're going to start with you today. So everybody strap in, because here we go. Another episode of the Odyssey. Leo, your vision is blaring and white. You feel warm all over your body. From the dark depths of the cavern where Azulo lay, you feel yourself being transported away, a whooshing almost within your subconscious mind. And then a calming presence. You see a wisp of red hair move past your vision, and as you look up, you see the familiar face of the lady in which you saw before, the beautiful elven woman, woman in garbs of green, precious bow upon her back. You can see surrounding her feet and circling her is a giant lynx, a mystical presence to its pelt. And as she looks at you, and you get yourself up off of all fours and stand bipedally in front of her, she holds out a hand and puts her gentle touch underneath your chin and lifts it up. And as she does, your mind is wrecked with pain. A spike goes through your vision and you're immediately transported to the sky where you see a rolling set of storm clouds. You see thunder crashing, lightning upon the open sea. As you look around this vast expanse, the wind and rain is battering down on your pelt. And as the lightning flares once more, you see a vision in the clouds, a silhouette of a dragonborn individual. You can see they have two horns, one upon their nose. You can see that they are heavily armoured in this silhouette. And you can see that they are a mighty presence. The vision flashes again. You see a wooden figurehead on a boat. The figurehead being in the shape of a shark, lightning bolts caressing down both sides. You can see that that figurehead has seen somewhere. And then the vision flashes once again. From there, you begin looming across the landscape, flying through the air, the wind bristling through your mane. You see in the distance three peaks, three solitary peaks of mountains, the middle of which you can see is snow-capped. Your vision flashes again, and it's almost as if you're transported below into the dark depths of what looks like an architectured doorway of stone arcing in make, and from within you just sense an evil presence. It makes your skin crawl. As you close your eyes to shake off the feeling, you open them up again and you can see in an underground cavern this withered-looking tree, completely dead, in a field of blight. It appears to be underground. And as you look at it, you watch as from the ground below, this skeletal figure begins to rise through the ground. You can see the hand outstretched towards you, and it opens its mouth. You can see it has long black flowing hair. Pieces of its body just seem to be slawed off, and you can see it's got this flowing robe, and you can see a definite magical presence. Your vision flashes once more, and you can see on a dais an old-looking leather book book that's extremely thick, parchment bristling out of each of the sides of the pages. 
It looks like an old spell book. And on the leather encrusted title, you can see the symbol of an emblazoned W in a circle. It's exuding an extremely magical but extremely deadly aura. You close your eyes once more from this evil place. And then you feel a thud. Korgarth. It is probably mid-morning. The smell of the sea hits your nostrils, the core of seagulls in the dock ward of Cadmia, circling above your sailing ship, which has finally arrived across the inland sea. As you tend to your boat as you do over morning, you look across the port. You can see various fishermen going out for their daily catch. And then you can see your prize, the job that you'd been tasked with. Pink sails on the horizon. The boat, seemingly not moving. But you see traffic going to and from that boat every now and then. In particular, a boat that is governed, or rowed rather, by a lizardfolk individual who seems to be taking people to and fro. As you see this individual searching for the information that you need, you look around the skies and you can see that there is a small darkening of the clouds, as if something has just gone over the sun. You turn your vision to the city and you look to the northeast and you see where the Valiant Odyssey is. A sprawling city, you can see large statues permeating through that you know to be the mysterious statues of Cadmia. You can see the villages and people moving through their day and day life. As you take this in, you take a deep breath, the salt hitting your nostrils. Roll a perception check for me. 11. So your boat creaks under the waves as it's docked in the port at the dock ward. As it creaks, you move to the front of the boat, you see your figurehead. Would you like to describe what that looks like? A th- like a thick shark's head with down the sides, lightning bolts, looking like the shark is breaking through the waves with lightning surrounding it. The figurehead is big enough for me to sort of perch on when I'm out in the seas, just recollecting my thoughts of everything that has happened to me since leaving the Paladins of Nerilla. As you place your hand on that figurehead, close your eyes as you normally do. And then you hear a thud from below deck. strange seeing as though it was only me who made this journey back i will go down and investigate as you go down to investigate cautious of your step the floorboards creaking under your weight as a dragonborn you move your horned head underneath the deck of the ship and as you open your quarters you can see immediately lying on your floor the picture of a armored leonin would you like to describe yourself Leo, and how you feel in this moment as you thud and land directly onto a wooden floor, your eyes coming to. As you look up, you can see just in front of you where your paw lies, just to the left of your paw, the statue of the lynx that you had found in Azulu's cavern. You reach out and grasp it, move it back to your person, and as you look up, all you can see is heavy booted feet. Uh, so I'm going to get to my knees and stuff and basically just sort of look up and stuff. And the first thing I'm going to do is do Daunting Roar. All right. So you watch this Leon and this impressively armored figure 
get to one knee from its crouched position, look up, see you. And as you pan up to this individual, you can see a heavily armored individual. You can see that their armor is pretty pristine. You can see that as you look at their arms, they seem to be blue and scaled. And you watch as a single hand goes to clutch a weapon at their side. And as you roar ferociously, uh, I believe you have to make a save, Korgar, for this. Yeah, so my claws will definitely come out. I'm like... Like, like defensive stance, um, and you got to make a DC of 15. Eight. So with an eight, you grasp your blade even tighter. You can draw it if you feel like you would in this presence, and you take a step back. Not easily frightened, but this roar is impressive. This person in front of you is a substantial foe. What do you do? Drawing my sword, um, drawing my sword from its sheath, this big silver and bright yellow behemoth of a sword prepare to feel the taste of Stormstrike. You hear that echoing through this area and as you look around, you can see that it looks like you're in the cabin of a boat, like a sloop-type vessel. And as you look around, you can feel the waves rocking. At first you thought it was your equilibrium. equilibrium and then as you sort of realise, you hear the ocean, you hear the seagulls outside and you look at this sword pointed at you and as you look at who's wielding it, you see probably something you haven't seen before. Is their type and kind is quite rare in these parts. You can see a blue chromatic dragonborn, two horns across their head. And as you look at him, especially backlit from the open door behind him, the silhouette matches the one that you saw in your vision through the clouds. What do you do? So I'm not, like, trying to go anything. I think I'm Leo's just a bit... Not, not frightened, but it's... Uh, Uneasy un at the moment. Yeah, un unaware, like lost sort of like new stuff. So, um, yeah, Leo's just kind of going to step back a little bit and be like, who are you? Where are we? What? What? What's, what's happening? You are the one aboard my ship. I should be asking you the same question. I've, I've seen you before. I just had a vision. Funny. I've never seen you before. Who are you? What's, what's your name? I am Korgarth of the Valiant Odyssey Guild. And you are? I am Leo. Kind of kind of stunned, I take a step back. You mean Leonidas? You were a part of the group that took out Azulu? Yes. And at this point, Leo is probably just going to like retract the claws. Relax a little bit. Yeah, yeah and be like, how do, how, do, how do you know me? Tales of spread of your group's success in taking out Azulu. So you know who I work for? I know that you are a part of the guild, yes. Are you a part of the guild? Sheathing my sword, I pull my glistening bright tower shield from just over in the corner and on the front of it you see the Valiant Odyssey emblem. Well, all right then. It seems like we... May have gotten off on the wrong foot. I'll go forward and try and like uh, hero's handshake with it. With it, with a firm grasp, we lock each other's forearms and give a quick shake. Yeah, I'm picturing that scene from Predator. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's exactly it. Yeah, Didn't, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. Biceps bulging. You guys make your way up onto the deck, and for the first time in a while, you feel Leo. You feel the sun, and so you definitely notice that you are in the city of Cadmia. 
As you span the city and you can see the ocean calmly lulling, you look towards the northeast, both of you, and you know that's where the Valiant Odyssey is. You take this moment, your eyes are drawn from each other to that direction because you hear an incredible noise. And at that, we'll cut to Bagram. During this time, you've been spending a lot of it underground with the Unseen Guild feeling like they have a lot to teach you. And after your alliance with Freud and Score, the halfling of the magic score shop, he seems to be your connect in the unseen to the blade. He'd partnered you with these two individuals, one of them who you know to be called Leslie the Crook, the other one called Gabby. As you look at these two individuals, you can see one of them is a towering human. This one's Leslie. You can see that he holds a vicious rapier to his side. And Gabby, by the looks of it, is a shorter half-elven man. You can see he's kind of weedy and he's like flicking this knife around. As he's flicking this knife around and you're currently walking through these tunnels together in a group of three, you know that these tunnels lay underneath the city of Cadmia. You entered these tunnels that was a manhole cover near the Godcatcher's statue. And as you've been walking through these tunnels for quite some time, you kind of got yourself turned around, so you've lost your lay of the land. As you're walking, the only light that you see is coming from torches that seem to be illuminating the sides and the odd storm water drain that's coming from the street above. You hear the flicking of this blade and it starts to annoy you. And Gabby looks to you and says, I bet you this is a trick that you can do, Mr. Bagram. Tricks, tricks, always tricks. Everywhere I go, if somebody wants me to do a trick, what trick do you want? Well, why don't you try and swing this blade around like this? It makes you look very intimidating. I could. Instead, I disguise self mm -hmm. and I shapeshift into her looking identical. Um, and I pull out my dagger that's basically kind of as well. Just kind of, and I mimic her. All right. Uh, action for action. As you shapeshift, you can see mirror. you're mimicking her greasy black hair that sort of sits across her her top, her face. You can see her half elven ears. You can see a small scar on the side of the lip, and you can see the, her leather armor is perfectly mimicked by you as well. And as she sort of turns around in the light, she looks to you, eyes widened, and she drops her knife, and you hear it smash into the puddle. It says, "Stop it, you fools! You have a job to do. Besides." Killers don't blab about their skill before they prove their worth. They don't brag about it afterwards. You've got a lot to learn, Bagram. You uh, too, Gabby. There's a little bit of fun. I'm sure I'm sure while we're walking along, you get bored, don't you? There's a lot of tunnels here. I'm always driven by the task. And he watches he's clasping clasping a piece of paper. He All said, right. We have strict instructions. Yeah, given to us by Freuden. You haven't you haven't even told us what they are yet. What are they? I'm not to reveal them to you until the time is right. Just know that I'm taking you to the right place. You need to learn to trust your brothers in the unseen. If you're going to make it in this guild, Bagram. I will, I'll trust when trust is given. He gives a nod to you and he says, We're almost there. You watch as you turn through this junction. The sewer streets seem to be laden with brick. You hear the slow trickle of water underneath your feet. You see a manhole cover ahead, the lights beaming through this grate. 
As you make your way underneath it, you hear Leslie say, Right, here we are. He unfolds the paper. And he says, According to Freud's instructions, from what he's been told by those above, we wait for the signal, and then we're to make our way to the surface, take anything that we can. Is that clear? Yeah, that's clear. Gabby says, Seems like it's uh, very clear to me. You watch as she's already picked up her knife and she's cleaning all the shit off it, basically. It's at that moment, you're waiting. There's an awkward silence between you three and the trickle is all that you hear. The muffled voices of the people above meandering around. Then you hear it. You watch as the roof shakes above you. You watch as tiny pieces of stone begin to fall off and dust begins to fall down around you as well. You watch as you can see through the manhole cover, this jet of flame just moves straight across the top of your vision. You hear screaming, you hear panic, and you hear rocks beginning to hit the surface of the road above you. To that point, Gabby looks shocked. She sort of backs up. You watch as Ledley doesn't even phase. He folds the piece of paper neatly, puts it into a breast pocket, and he says, Guess that's the signal. Are you sure about that? Get the fuck up the ladder, Pegram. <laughs> and at that, you watch as Gabby goes first, then Leslie, and you're left down there. Would you go up as well? Uh, I would go up. I'd actually, I've got my uh, familiar with me as well, just kind of cruising through the tunnel. So there's a little weasel mm-hmm. uh, by the name of uh, Newton. All right. So Newton, I'll say, is perched Newton. around your neck, yep. and you can see his so, tail just sort of wisping out every now and then. So I, basically, he kind of shoots his way up the ladder ahead of me, and then I kind of follow him up. Very good. Your red cloak billowing as you go all the way up. We now cut to Zendatus. Oh, no. Zendatus, after your ordeal, your continuous set of ordeals, you'd come face to face with one of the most villainous people that you think you've ever met. It's shaken you. And over the last few days, you've pretty much isolated yourself to your telescopic tower, your father being the only one that kind of keeps your company. He's standing next to you in his early hours of the morning and you occupy yourself with your telescope. And he says to you, Ah, son, you have to eat something. I know that you've been shaken and you can't see the stars during the day, so I don't know why you're looking through that telescope. Please, you have to take care of yourself. It, it, it relaxes me and I am fine. I have eaten recently. He watches as you feel a hand on your shoulder after looking through this telescope. You sort of stop, turn to your father, your stomach rumbling. And just as you're about to ask for the food, you hear this massive explosion. You see a searing heat underneath you and you watch as the underside of this tavern, this valiant Aussie guild that you're standing in, is engulfed in flame. You watch as the tower you're standing on just erupts as well, the top of it bursting forward. You watch as rocks begin to fly all around you. Your telescope just falls off the side. You can see all of this debris just beginning to fall around you and you can hear the screams of people below you. The Valiant Odyssey Guild, it seems, is on fire. You need to roll a dexterity save for me. 11. You begin to fall. And as you fall, you sort of, it's almost in slow motion, you begin to fall and you're engulfed in flame. You watch as the rocks begin to fall around you. You lose sight of your father and you just feel this searing heat. I cast Feather Fall on myself. Yep. You immediately move your hand to your chest. And as you do, you just surround yourself in this bubble of protection. As you begin to fall, the heat surrounding you and engulfing you. We cut back to Korgarth and Leo. 
the vision you were drawn to, the sound that drew both of your visions, was a massive explosion. As you look towards the northeast, you can see a mushroom cloud just permeating up into the clouds, the smoke beginning to puff all the way into the atmosphere. You look towards each other again, knowing exactly where that originated. What do you both do? Yeah, take off, dash, sprint. Leo immediately jumps off the boat, three-point landing onto the dock and takes off. I follow. I well, grab, Grabbing my shield, I, I follow. All right. You run off as well. Both of your claws landing directly onto the dock as well and creaks underneath your muscular weight as you begin moving up into the streets, running to the northeastern side of the city to the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild. You continue to run into the northeastern area. And Bagram, as you begin crawling up the uh, manhole, you stand up and bring yourself to the city streets and you're immediately hit with familiarity. You look around and you can see, oh, that's Rachel's shop. And then you smell, like something's burning. You look around and you can see the Valiant Aussie building on fire. Oh. You look at Gabby and you look at Leslie and Leslie says, remember, take everything you can. And you watch what? as they both run into the wreckage. Have they taken off on me already? Uh, yeah, the Valiant Ossie Guild's probably about 40 feet away from you. Okay. I'm going to count out because I'm still disguised. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as Gabby, I'm going to follow them. And as you do, you begin to hear the cries and the shouts of people around you. You can hear the people in the streets that just seem to have run away. There's rocks that still seem to be falling. You hear the crackling of flame. You watch as you catch up to Gabby and you catch up to Leslie. And you watch as Leslie pulls out his rapier. Walks past this individual you look on the floor who you recognize as Turi, the female dwarf. You can see that she's got this brown bob of hair. You can see she's trapped under a rock and there's burning fucking wood right next to her as well. You watch as she looks up to you and she looks up to the rest of them and you can see that she's just blaring. You watch as Leslie walks by her, gets her ra his rapier and just stabs her in the chest. You watch as she dies, blood pooling on the floor. He watches Leslie looks at Gabby and says, You go right, I'll go left. Bagram, see what you can find. Uh, okay, I kind of stand there, look. Can I do anything for Julie? Uh, roll a medicine check. Eight minus one, seven. So looking at the wound, straight in the middle of the chest, pierce the rib cage, blood pooling. You can make your own assumption. You're not a doctor, but looks bad. Yeah, all right. Um, Basically, before I go, I'm actually going to kind of send a quick message to Arden. Mm -hmm. uh, was it kind of just kind of warning him as to what it's actually basically that these two are in there? So you're sending a spell? Yeah, uh, cantrip. Yep. So what do you say? What uh, do you say to Arden? Arden, I say um, two unseen in the building. Thule has been stabbed, needs help. I'll do what I can. You get no reply. At that... I guess we'll all roll initiative. Cutting back in, guys, you see this burning wreckage just moving around you. Bagram, you're in the thick of it, and the smoke begins to pile in what remains of this area. And as you look around to the establishment that you've spent some time in, not knowing that your actual job was to rob this place, you see it's pretty fucked up. Like there's walls, there's, the roof is completely caved in. As you entered, you could see the stone uh, actual column crumbled in on the entire roof of the place, and you can just see flames emanating from the entire area. With your 11 Zendatus, you are prone. You take five points of fire damage. Mm -hmm. 
And as you awaken, you feel this flames licking around you. You hear the screams of people around you as well. And you hear the rocks just pitter-pattering as well. This The flame torrents burning as you do. Uh, you have the initiative. What would you like to do? Falling into the fire, I quickly, like, you know, pat myself out. I look up and towards the bar. Do I remember if there are, like, you know, those giant wooden tankards, um, you know, that are filled with wine and anything like that? Is there one that's got water in it? You know that the water is primarily held in the storage crates below the bar. Below the bar. Yeah. But you can look at the bar and you can see that there's a portion of roof that seems to cut off this section of the tavern to the side on the, like the other side of the tavern. As you look around to that area, you can see what looks like this green ethereal mist beginning to form from within the rubble. And you look and you recognize Fizz and he looks to you and he says, what's going on? Fizz, I think, I think we're under attack. Uh, can you control any kind of water or anything like that with your magic? Uh-oh. Can you can you make it rain or something? I feel like you can make it rain. I don't know why. He looks up and he he looks down to where his mist is coming from. He says, if I'm up here, then that means Mike is down there. I'm going to be preoccupied. And you watch as he starts to oh, pull Jesus. these rocks off of the area. And he, he looks to you and says, you should go and find the others. Uh. Um, I'm going to take a step out of the fire Mm -hmm. uh, into the middle there. Intelligence check, is wine flammable? (laughs) You would know already that it doesn't contain enough alcohol to. Okay. And are there big tankets of wine on the back? Yeah, you could probably get to one. Like you can see a few pretty much right next to you. But as you look towards your left, you can see this hulking humanoid figure. You see vicious rapier to the side and they just seem to be looking around. You watch as they make their mark onto something and they move towards it and pick it up. And you notice that it is a three-headed mask made of gold. Mm. Looks familiar to you. I turn towards the tanker and I'm going to cast shape water on it to try and make the water explode out of the tankard, flow across the ground and try and put out some of the fire. All right. So I'll get you to roll an arcana check to see how well you control that spell. Uh, 23. Okay, so you watch as the water within just seems to shake and you watch as some of it seems to pierce through the wooden barrel and then you watch as the wood just seems to explode. You watch as the individual in front moves his cloak ahead and just doesn't get coated by anything, but you watch as the wine spills and you can see that some of the fire seems to dissipate. Okay, cool. So you watch as it spreads across the floor and some of the fire is doused and as it is, you see the steam rise and as it begins to clear... You look towards your north, like right ahead of you, and you can see the body of a fallen dwarven individual. You can see a pool of blood pulled around them. Could I make a uh, medicine check to try and see if she's still alive? Yep, make a medicine check. Same as uh, Bagram 8. Within the kerfuffle of all the, the situation that's happening here at the moment, she's dead. Dead? Okay. Yeah, that's, yep. your, that's your best assumption given the information. It's at that point you hear a... <coughs> Son... Help me. And behind you, from the wreckage where you fell, you can see the withered hand of your father and half of his face seems to be poking out of the rubble. You can see cuts and lacerations on him as well. As I turn and see him injured like that, I'm going to cast uh, Healing Word at second level on him Mm -hmm. to try and uh, get him so that he would be injured. All right, so what does your Healing Word look like as it washes over him, healing him essentially? Dad holds strong um, and he gets eight HP back. Okay. So you watch as the lacerations on his arm seem to cure 
and you watch as his breathing gets a little bit easier and he says, oh, thank you, son. I'm, I'm trapped. It's my legs. Please help. Uh, where is he? Well, he, he landed pretty well next to you. Oh, okay. Then I'll go back up to it there. Yep. And as my next action, I'm going to try and help him out with that. Okay, so that'll have to be on your next turn because you used shape water this yep, time. Yep, yep, yep. So you go to bend down to lift off some of the rubble off of your father. With that, we get to Korgar's turn. You begin running through the streets. Are you using your whole turn to dash? Okay, so you begin running through the streets and you're sort of making pace with Leonidas. You begin moving through people and politely moving them as best that you can. You can see the smoke rising above the building tops. Uh, you seem to probably be one, one round away. So... It still seems to be a bit of a distance away, but you're running as fast as you can to get there. You smell the smoke and it's it's concerning you. Uh, Leo, same, you dashing up as well? Yeah. All right, so you both keeping pace with each other. You look to each other and you realize that you're both pretty well as fast as each other and determined as each other, it seems. As you begin running, it's just like, do you run bipedally or quadrupedally? How do you run? I'll be running quad. Looking over to you, I think the best course of action would be to just get inside and see what has happened. Garby hitting it at speed. Yep. So as you have that conversation, you watch as Leo just sort of moves over this set of crates, grabs them with his forepaws and pulls himself forward. And then he moves into a quadrupedal run and he sort of edges ahead of you, but you keep running behind him. Bayagram, you're up. What would you like to do? All right. I'm kind of a bit of a torn here because basically I don't I don't want to destroy the Valley Pharmacy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, basically what Leslie did to Thule has really pissed me off because that was definitely kind of too far gone. So what I'm actually going to do and try, at least try and do is basically, I can still see Leslie, correct? Uh, you can, yes. Okay. And I can see he's picked up the mask now as well. Yep. So I'm actually going to hide. Okay. Bonus action, hide. That's 24. So you move behind this boulder and you can see you've already crouched down near uh, Turi and as you sort of move behind this boulder, you put a hand on it and you just clock where Leslie is and you watch as the smoke moves past you and it's almost like you mold in with it. Yep. And I want to kind of stealthily in a way that hopefully he doesn't really know it's me, cash, uh, ta- cast Tasha's hideous laughter on him to okay. knock him from and knock him out. All right. So you watch as you move your hand around, practicing the magic you've used in the Unseen Guild and... You have to concentrate really hard because this isn't your your natural state. Casting mm. magic is quite new to you. So it yep. focuses all your energy on it and you watch as you feel your nose just begin to bleed a little bit. As you do, uh, he gets a seven. Uh, 11 is the wisdom save. Okay, so you watch as he just sort of looks around for a moment and for, for a brief second you feel like your magic hasn't taken hold and you give up on it, but then you hear him just... <sighs> <laughs> And you watch as he drops what he's holding. You hear it clank to the floor. And he then falls to the floor and just grasps his stomach, rolling around and writhing. He seems to be prone. Excellent. There we go. So he's so, prone yep. and he's incapacitated, rolling around on the floor, the flames moving around him. Uh, so I've just got some movement left. If you move, you will break your stealth. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm happy just sitting right there. All right, so the smoke billowing around you, you still sort of take in this situation. I'll give you a perception check because you're not moving and you're looking around okay. on this round. Yep. Roll for that. Hey, I just, I can't, I've very laser focused on just uh, Leslie there and what's going on because yep. I got a nat one and I see nothing else happening yeah. around me. Your eyes are kind of locked on Turi who's in front yeah, of the, knows. like the boulder that you're hiding on and you can see just the blood pool spreading and it fills you with anger and that's all you're focused on. You watch Zen. 
as the floor beneath you starts to crack. The floorboards crack, and as you look down, you can see this green arcane energy begin to spike up. You watch as these wisps of smoke just seem to gather around the area. And it's at that point uh, you briefly see the amorphous form of two creatures. And as this creature moves through the smoke, you can see this almost scream mask looking face just come towards you like, <gasps> it will go for a slam attack on you. So this energy moves behind you. And as it screams towards you, it gets a 17 to hit. Uh, that's a hit. You take 10 points of bludgeoning damage. Uh, I'm going to get you to make a save. Yep, and I'm going to get you to make one too, a dexterity save for you, please. Same with you. All right. Nine. Uh, you fail, unfortunately. He gets a 14. And so do you. I fail. Uh, so Hellish Rebuke, uh, whenever oh, I okay, take yes. damage, it takes 2d10. Yep, of fire damage. Uh, yep, and you take 18 points of fire damage. All right, so as you move this fire from the actual explosion around yourself, you blast it onto this smoke-like creature, and you can see it doesn't do as much damage as you had hoped. So as you move it around, you also feel this smoke move around you and tighten its grasp upon you. Mm -hmm. You are restrained, and you feel yourself choking on the smoke. Just <coughs> You're essentially unable to breathe right now. Uh, you also take... Nine points of necrotic damage. The other one you watch moves in a direction that you can't see and the smoke seems to cover the action, but you hear somebody scream over there too. Mm -hmm. uh, at that, you watch as one of these guys uh, does not succeed on the save. So you hear an additional scream and you, Bagram, recognize it to be the sound of Gabby and you hear this crack, this crunch, and then this thud. Then you hear, hear, hear and feel a hand exit the smoke and it hits the floor and you watch as blood pulls around her. She seems to be dead. Wow. Okay. Um, at that point, so he's just going to continue to roll on the floor. You just hear this cacophonous laughter fill the valley in Odyssey space. And at that, we move back to top of the round, Zendardis. Cool. Looking around, is the fire spreading? And can I see like other people of the guild in danger? As you look, you can see that the fire that had immediately been threatening you and your father seems to be mostly out. The fires behind you still seem to be untouched. And you can see the roof is still burning as well. This is a wreck. Mm -hmm. But roll a perception check to see if you can see anybody else. 19. Okay, so looking around, you peer through the smoke and you can hear somebody coughing. As you look through, you can see a farm strong old man that seems to have just the biggest muscles and brown mop of hair. You can see five o'clock shadow and a beard. Um, you probably know this to be Breton. And as you look, he's trying to move a rock off his leg. And you can see that um, it, the leg looks pretty fucked. Right. Like he's trying to move the rock off his leg. Okay. Um, you also see a half-elven man with a tuft of hair at the front, you know, to be Malone, and he's there trying to lift the rock off of Breton as well. All right. I am going to... Okay, I'm going to spend two sorcery points to use Quicken Spell with Cure Wounds uh, at, what do you call it, second level on myself. Yep. So that's my bonus action because of the Quicken Spell. Cool, so I've got 11 HP back. Then for my action, 30 feet with around me, mm -hmm. 
it's just going to start raining. I'm going to cast Create Water um, up above us. So that way I get all the fire within 30 feet around us extinguished. So that's pretty much most of this map in all honesty. Yeah, there's, this is pretty much like rubbish and, and ruin and everything like that. This is pretty much the only accessible part of the Valiant Odyssey Guild. The rest is crushed in on itself. There's part of the observatory tower that's just crashed through the the roof in that part of the, the section there. And you can hear the voices of people beyond there that seem to be moving rocks or meandering things around to try and save people, but you can't access that area at the moment, so... Uh, you watch as this rain begins to fall and you hear the steam as it's just sizzling out the fire and it seems to have taken effect. That, if that's your turn? That is my turn, yes. All right. That brings us to uh, Korgarth and Leonidas's turn. Zen, you are also... What's your constitution score? Uh, 14. So that's a plus two? Yeah. All right. You're feeling the lungs get crushed out of your self and you, you've probably got very limited time to escape this grapple before you essentially... Suffocate. Right. Korgarth and Leo, you're up. Sweet. So I'm going to assume I'm at the front of the... Yep. So you begin running through. You enter the cul-de-sac area and the shock hits you. You watch as the Valiant Odyssey Guild is just up in flames and everybody's in chaos. As you look, you can see Malone, the bartender, and an elderly gentleman. I think you've met... You've never met Breton before. But you can see an elderly gentleman with a, a leg trapped under a boulder just in front of you. And the rest of the rest of the whole place seems to be on fire and crushed. How's Malone going with getting old mate out of the mold? He's not a fighter, so he, okay. and, and the rock is hefty. Hefty. Okay. First things first, I'm gonna free Breton. So 25 feet will get you to the rock as you begin moving straight over to it. Yeah. You get onto the other side of the rock as Malone, and Malone looks at you and says, Korgoth, help me, please. Uh, and you can get an athletics check with advantage because he will help, despite the fact that he he's not much help. 13. 13. So both of you together just move the rock up enough and Breton's just like, <clears throat> and you watch as he snakes his way backwards and moves his leg out. And you can see that the leg has like bone fragments sticking out of it. It's it's fucked. Okay. You watch as he sits there and he just starts. <sighs> I would like As to, your bonus action. As my bonus action, what has happened? Breton says, the Odyssey, it exploded. It came out of nowhere. I don't know who's alive or who's dead, but it's chaos. You should go in and see if you can find Arden. He hasn't come out yet. I looked to Malone and as if to say, like, have you got this? Like, can you? Malone nods to you and says, I can take care of him. Uh, well, then I move closer to, yes, I'll just move closer towards the front of the. So as you move closer towards the Odyssey Guild, weapons at the ready, you watch as Malone drags Breton to safety pretty much on the other side of the road. So yeah. they're sitting over here now. At that, that brings us to Leo's turn. Leo's going to move. 30 feet forward, preferably to the door. I'm going to dash, mm -hmm. and then as a bonus action, I'm going to use Hunter's Mark. Okay. So as you dash, trying to get into the opening that you can, you're passing by a wreckage and you're looking to try and get in. Uh, I'm going to notice that Korgarth has taken care of Breton. Yep. And I kind of look and acknowledge, and uh, Breton can see my uh, facial expressions, like determination and stuff. And yep. Yeah, he, he looks at you and he gives you... A serious look. You can tell he's in pain, which is a look you don't see very often on him, but he seems okay with Malone. No, sweet. Yeah. Yep. So Leo's pretty much just going to go as hard as he can to get to that that point. Yep. And he's going to hunt his mark. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, you see this individual that you don't recognize in a black cloak just cackling in laughter on the floor, so you look at him and you immediately hunt his mark. Looking around as well, you also see Zen crunched over his father's 
basically his his form underneath some rocks. So you do see Zen and you look around, you don't see Bagram because he's hiding. But you see this swirling smoke that seems to be engulfing Zen and like taking him off of his feet and you can see him visibly choking. Oh shit. Alright. Can I sorry, can I change my hunter's mark to Yep. Um to the dude hurting Zen because the Sure can. You having adventured with Zen before you can see an ally in trouble immediately kicks kicks you into overdrive. Bagram, you're up hiding behind right. the rock. I'm still hidden, correct? You are. So basically the spell didn't break that hide or anything? It would have, but nothing seems to be noticing you. Okay, so, so still same same hide check and everything? Yep, I'll, right, go, cool. I'll honor your last check, yeah. All right, uh, then what I'm actually going to do is do see... I'm seeing what's happening to um, Zen here. With yes. Me. Yeah, okay. I'm going to do a short bow attack on that creature that'll hit so seven so points of damage seven points of damage one 12 15. oh nice points of damage so as you hit it you watch as the arrow you try and strike it in as much of its form as you can mm. it's kind of hard because it's all smoky but you can see the denser part you release the arrow you watch as it streaks through it and it sort of screams in pain but as it does you watch as this black energy moves from within zen's mouth and moves out of zen into this creature and uh, Zen, you take eight points of damage. Oh, shit. So you can assume that it's almost like it's as it, it gets hurt, it's leeching from whatever it's grappling. So I'm happy to stay hidden. Okay, so you will have to re-stealth after your attack, though. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, yeah, so I'll just do bonus, bonus high again. All right, cool. All right, another nat one. Fail. So as you stand up, you watch as Leo, you do see... This individual with black, grimy hair, leather oh, sorry. armor. I have dropped that. Oh, you've dropped that? Yeah. Okay. So you watch as you attack, the, sh the disguise shimmers away and you see Bagram there shooting the thing that's attacking Zen. So he seems to be okay as well. You probably don't know that he's... I came in with He that. came in with you the other guys that. though. So you probably don't know that yet. So. No. And, yeah. and I think the weasel's a new addition. I'll stealth the weasel over to kind of the broken bits of the bar there. Uh-huh perception just to see if there's anything else in the area that could cause troubles besides um, Leslie and those two shadows. Okay, so with him, so he can see stuff, but you don't know what he's seeing. <laughs> so yeah, you, you move him out towards you and you watch as he snakes through the debris and you watch him pop up like a meerkat and just sort of look around. That then brings us to uh, their turn. Uh, Zen, you need to make a dexterity save, please. So that's 17. You are able to resist and you'll only take half of this damage. Seven points of damage from the grapple. And at the end of your next round, you feel like if you don't break this grapple, you're going to suffocate to yep. death or start to have to rely on death saves. You watch as well as you see this gaping more of Black Shadow Bagram just move directly out of the smoke and start to head towards you. Nine hit Tracy. No. So as it snakes around you, you just sort of project this arcane energy and it just dissipates for a while and then reforms swirling around you as well. So you're still in range with it, sure. but it doesn't attack you, doesn't get a grapple. Leslie's just going to continue to loll on the floor and you watch as the flames, but you watch as the golden mask that he was holding is just still there on the ground. So that then brings us top of the round, Zendardus's turn. Followed by Korgarth and Leonidas. I'm going to have to make that strength check. Yep. Nine. Okay, so he got a 16. So you watch as you struggle, you watch as this creature just begins to wrap around you even more and just crumple your arms together. And you can hear it's getting pretty dire inside, especially you, Leo, uh, hear that Zen's in trouble. Healing word on myself at second level so I can keep up my health. Just seven HP back. 
All right, so at the end of your turn, you guys all watch as this creature just continues to snake around Zen and you watch as it does his final crush. And as it does, Zen lets out the last sort of breath. And as he does, you watch as Zen thuds and hits the floor. Uh, you then watch as this creature stops grappling him, moves its head around and starts to look at for Leo. On his turn, he looks to turn towards you. So oh, Zen's okay. hit the floor and then you watch as it turns towards you and it's just like... Korgarth and Leo's turn. Can I see this shadow? Yes, you can see everything that's happening inside. This energy just build up inside me. I'm going to use my breath weapon. Okay. Um, it's a line, isn't it? Yeah, 30 feet. You are going to definitely be able to hit him. So he makes a save. Okay, so it is 11. Unlucky. 11 points of damage. So what does it look like as your lightning bolt sears through the Valiant Odyssey and hits this amorphous smoke-like creature with a scream mask? So, like I said before, the energy was building up inside me and all you see is sort of like this got like Godzilla-like beam of electric energy just shoot through this smoking apparition and as it does, like the you see like the little tufts of fire that are still there sort of be absorbed by the lightning as it hits the wall. Very nice. So as it hits him, you watch as the smoke creature dissipates a little bit. You watch as the rubble gets moved away and there's sparks of static electricity moving through it as well. And at that point, you watch as it is extremely weak. Brings us to Leonidas's turn. All right, cool. Well, I, just got, I guess I'm going to go over and whack it. So you run in with your claws drawn. Cool. So the first one does uh, like nine to hit. Yep. So you go to slice it, but you go straight through it and then you sort of focus up your resolve. Go again for your second attack. Uh, 12. A 12 will unfortunately miss as well. So you slice it twice and you're just unable to to strike it. And as you growl in its presence, you watch as it sort of starts to reform and shape above you really, really uh, menacingly. You have a bonus action left. Can I use my inspiration to roll again? You sure can. Okay, that's all right. 25. That's a hit. Yeah, pretty inspired. <laughs> Very nice. Very 25. Yeah, like, I'm going to fucking obliterate this guy. So, 16. Okay, so 16 total damage. What does it look like as you absolutely rip this thing apart? You strike once and you absolutely miss. You watch as it begins to reform and tower above you and it just like, <gasps> right in your face. What do, do you do? Does it have like a face or a head or anything? It looks like its face is like a scream mask as, and it's sort of sitting in the um, in the smoke. It's sort of created by the smoke and the, its main form seems to be darkened in the center, but it wisps off as smoke on the outside. So Yeah, okay. So Leo's basically going to distractingly swipe at the front sort of mess come around reach right over the mask sort of face and just like scratch right up it and like i don't know if it's a mask or something just try and scratch pull yeah. and as you do that you watch as you scratch and pull it you watch as this orange light begins to burn inside of it and as that explodes uh you watch as it, the the form of the creature just absolutely dissipates and left in the mark of your orange light there seems to be the silhouette of this uh red head elven woman that just seems to be looking at you and you watch as your hunter's mark dissipates. You can move it if you want to. Yeah, uh, I'm going to move it over to... You move uh, it over to the cackling man on the floor? A, yeah, as I'm kind of like twirling around this shadowy... Oh, wait, is Zen, is Zen on the ground? He's unconscious, yeah, yes. Zen's unconscious. I'm going to move over to um, the dude laughing around. All right, cool. So you continue your movement through the flames, claws drawn, and you move by this... Uh, flaming set of rubble and you just slow walk towards this guy cackling on the floor. That brings us then to uh, Bayagram's turn. Excellent. 
I disengage. Okay. Bonus action from that wispy beastie thing. Mm-hmm. And I kind of run over to where uh, Leo just took out the other one. I do. I see Leo kind of like looking at this. Hundred yeah. percent. You you're literally right behind yeah, okay. him. So you run towards so, Leo. You can see him behind you, and Zen's right in front of you as well on the floor. Um, I yell to Leo, "Take out the other shadow first, and then I turn and I just shoot him with the short bow. But I don't get sneaked because there's nobody else around. Him. Okay. So as you say that, you wheel around as you jump and you release the arrow. Roll your attack. So that's seventeen. That'll hit. Four plus three, seven. Seven points of damage. So you watch as you hit him with the arrow this time, and you watch as some of its black smoke wisps off and dissipates into the smoke of the fire of the Odyssey. It seems to have taken that damage. Yep. The end of your turn? That is the end of my turn, yeah. All right, its turn. It is going to roll off towards probably Korgarth. It snakes through the building, and as it does, it begins to attempt to wrap around you. So... Ooh, that's a natural 20. Fuck. You take uh, silvery barbs. So at that point, you watch as this shadow begins moving past uh, the rock that Turi had died behind and begins slithering its way out towards Korgarth. It catches the glimpse in the corner of your eye, Leonidas, and you turn over your shoulder. What do you do? What does your silvery barbs look like? Point. I think it's more just going to be like my prowess is actually distracting the creature, as opposed to me doing something. The L'Oreal hair flick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah the, as he looks in the direction the, of the monster and raises an eyebrow. Medicine. Almost borderline, like, twilight glistening, like, style. Just yeah, like, the light backlit from the flame. And as you do, the shadow goes to attack Korgarth, but then looks to you and goes, Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe it's Maybelline. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it will attack you now with disadvantage. Is that correct with silver? Uh, so all it has to do is uh, re-roll the d20 and use the lower roll. Okay. So, so hopefully not a nat 20. So Right. So, so not a nat 20. So it's either nat 20 or whatever this is, uh, which will be a seven. But you now get um, advantage on the next attack roll, ability check, or saving throw within a minute. So as you look towards this hair flick that this Leonidas does... You can see that he is a menacing creature, but also a very attractive one. You can see that he's drawn the ire of this smoke monster, and as it does, it goes to strike you, and it would have been a damaging blow, but as you look towards it, it actually completely misses you. Leonidas gives you a nod in respect and turns towards his prey. Uh, That's its turn. The other guy is going to continue to laugh because that's what he has to do. And then that brings us to Zen's turn. Can you please make a death save for us, followed by Korgarth? Uh, 13. 13. So you have one success. You guys watch. Zen doesn't appear to have it. The flames that have been put out around him, in hindsight, has definitely helped because if he was fallen down in flames, he would be in a world of hurt. But you watch as his breathing's calm. You can hear Zen's father just sort of reaching out to him saying, Zen, Zendardus. Wake up, Zendatus. And he's still trapped, but you can see him like sort of shaking his leg as he's trying to reach out to him. Uh, Korgarth, you're up. All right. After receiving that nod from Leonidas, I am going to use Stormstrike. With advantage if you so choose. I do so choose. (laughs) Roll your attack. Uh, 23. 23 is definitely a hit. Seven, nine. Nine. Awesome. So you strike it with your mighty blade, and as you do... You watch as it takes some significant damage. The static electricity moves through it. Still seems to be focused in on you. You've hit it and damaged it nonetheless. You have a bonus action if you'd like to use it. Oh, good. As my bonus action, 
I am going to cast Thunderous Smite. Yep. And after that first attack with Stormstrike, it sits there and just you see like little flickers of electricity just start to pulsate off it. Pulse through the sword, Pulse going up sword. like a Tesla coil. Yeah. Nice. Leo, you're up, followed by Bagram. Is there any flames? Not in the current area because it all been put out by what looks like wine, but to the, so to the south of you, yeah. Probably a better question would be if I was to go to the nearest flame and come back to this person, would I be able to do so? I'll say that the there is embers licking the floor and the rug around you that you could use. I will allow you to do that if you like. And yeah, yeah. Uh, the dwarf female, she was nearby that looks like... Does he look responsible? Okay, so with the, as you look at the dwarf, she's definitely now dead. You can all tell that. And you can see that there is blood on oh, the I end can of see the, the mask here. too, right? Yeah, so I'm going to go to the flame and come back. Mm-hmm. and use my reaction. So as you step in these embers of flame, you watch as this heat energy travels its way up your legs and just illuminates your entire body and you have this flaming aura around you now as you just growl uh, using absorb elements. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I'll take half damage Yep. for whatever the... You can't take less than one, so it's one point of damage. Ouch. That yeah. hurt. <laughs> I rolled one. So. And now I go down to 69. And then I'm going to go back and attack this guy. Go for it. Uh with my sword. Okay. So you draw your sword. Yeah. And you just downward stab. Roll your attacks. You will have advantage because he's prone. Yes. 22. That's a, that's a mighty hit. He'll roll a wisdom save. See if he shakes off the laughter. He does not. I'm going to take 20 for the next one as well. Yep. So both stabby you- boys. Okay, so you watch as you downward stab this guy and he continues to laugh at the blade that seems to be embedded into his belly and then you take it out and you just slash it across him again. Roll your damage, please. All right, cool. I'm going to use lightning damage as well. Yep, so you can redirect it and change the element, yeah? Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. So you watch as this fire energy just turns to static electricity around you. Yeah, through my sword as well. I'm trying to be like... Trying to be like Koga? (laughs) Yeah. You watch, and what does it look like as you hit it with the uh, wall... What's, what's the damage for the... Ex- exactly the same as Gorgas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll even roll a performance check. <laughs> Go for it. And you need to roll your damage as well. So it'll be uh, four lightning damage on top of that. Um, okay. So roll your performance check. Uh, seven. What does it look like in these strikes as you kill him while he's laughing on the floor? <laughs> he becomes Shit. a sushi roll. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so Leo's pretty much just kind of, <laughs> kind of runs off to go get the, the fire damage and then and then just sort of slowly uh, million-dollar man, like, walks back <laughs> and um, pulls out his sword and just kind of stabs it into him, like you said, just laughing at Leo. So he just kind of, like, He-Man style, like, summons this, like, lightning static electricity. Yeah, nice, yeah. Sword drives it into him like straight down. Nice. I'll say you stab him right in the throat. And as you do, he's just like, <laughs> and you hit this gargle as he dies. So uh, he's dead. Laughing stopped. You see this Bayagrim as well behind Leonidas. Yep. And then uh, that then brings us to Maybe. your turn if you're I'm also going to move my Hunter's Mark. Go for it. Move your Hunter's Mark. Get there some inspiration. Go. That was a good turn. Using all your shit, your Hunter's Mark moves over to the other shadow. What I'm going to do straight away is I saw Leslie get just obliterated. I'm going to, was it the weasel is going to just kind of run down and see if he can grab the um, the task that Leslie was carrying from the unseen and kind of like grab it and run off with it. Yep. So 
he's just going to kind of, yeah. I'll get you to roll a sleight of hand check. I'll make it a dexterity check. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I don't think a weasel has sleight of hand. Dex, uh, eight. Okay. So he moves over his body and you can see him searching for something. He hasn't found anything yet. No? Okay. But that can be his little action. Yep. So that's his little action? Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, I will hide. Mm-hmm. Bonus action. So I'll just, there's some rocks and stuff around There's there. smoke there too, so smoke you can blend there. into yep. the rock and smoke and, and then just debris. a short bow attack with sneak attack on the last shadow. Okay, so you, I'll say that you need to move first before you hide because you don't have line of sight. Oh, okay, yeah. So if you That's literally fine. step yep. up one. Yep, done. You move over to the nearest form of rubble, duck behind it a little bit, the smoke moves past you and you just line up this yep. shot of the shadow. So um, stealth check first. Still 22. Thank you. And then now roll your attack with advantage. 20. Beautiful. Breeze. That's 31. 31 points of damage. Some big boppers. What does it look like as you kill this creature as it's going to strike down on Korgarth? It's literally bearing down on him, about to surround and engulf him. What do you do? This is actually a bit of a, uh, a special arrow that I've got. It's a little bit hollow in the tip. Mm-hmm. So as it kind of it just kind of charges through, and basically as it goes through, basically it just kind of grabs a lot of the, the essence and smoke and just flies off into the sunset. Nice. And you watch as it explodes in the sky like a firework and you watch as this creature in front of you, as it's bearing down on you, its mouth opens and agape and it's just like, <gasps> and it completely just explodes into a wisp of smoke. And you look through the debris and bow still held in hand. You see Bagram. Looking over at Bagram with a, a wry little smirk, I give you a nod. As if, as if my form of approval. So at that, we're top of the round. All enemies are gone, but we still have a uh, a person down. So Zen, can you please roll your death save? Uh, yeah. Straight 10. 10, that's a success. So you have two successes. That brings us to Korgarth's turn. Korgarth, seeing this, moves over just in between Leo and Bagram. I will you spare the dying, putting like my sword and shield down on the ground. I pretty much scoop him up and just this glow engulfs both of us and I put him back I put him back down on the ground about and you begin stabilizing. It's at that point you guys look around and you can see there is literally carnage happening around you although it seems you're in relative safety for the minute the odyssey still burns. I'm going to head straight over to uh, Leslie there as well. Yeah, me too. I'm going to loot him. (laughs) Okay. Um, And basically kind of, yeah, just... All right, so what happens is Leo and Bayagram, you both move over to Leslie at the same time, Leslie the crook. And as you lean over his body, you look at each other and then look at him and both of your hands just start rifling around for <laughs> shit. Well, well I'm, I'm, I'm sort of going more for the mask. Yeah, that's what uh, like, I, I, I want to try and keep it. That's the other thing. Yeah. As, I, as I'm going over, I'm like, basically, grab the mask, quick. Get rid of it. Get it out of here. Okay. But, so you, but I'm not going to touch it. Easily uh, just, enough. Just, just to be clear. Okay. I'll say you throw a cloak over it yes. and you grasp it up. That's easy enough without a check. So okay, as yeah. you do that, Bagram, sleight of hand check, please. And I'll tell you what you get. Uh, 12. With a 12, you reach into his breast pocket where you saw him putting the note and you can see a folded piece of paper, the same one he pulled out, but there's an envelope in there too. So you pull that out as well. Yeah. Uh, you also see on his person is a vicious rapier, which is uh, a magical weapon. Uh, yeah, I will grab that. Yep, you've seen him use that before. Yep, and there's also a ring on his finger if you wanted to take that. Yeah, I will grab it. 
All right, so you take the ring as well. And as he does that, Leonidas, you grab the mask, the smoke and fire burning around you, the crackling happening. You watch and see beyond the wreckage of the tower that falls between you, almost cutting the Valiant Odyssey in half. You can see movement of fellow allies attempting to save themselves through there. As you both stand there underneath the bar, you hear a wheezing. <gasps> you immediately look Leonidas and you can see the familiar face and arm of Arden Cassian, barely alive. Sweet. Um, once, I, uh, once I've got the mask safe, I'm going to go over and try and... The bar seems to have been crushed down on him. There's like a heavy beam of wood that's sort of still embering on top of him. Quick, we need to help, help, assist me, quick. I'm going to go over and um, try and lift whatever the heaviest thing is. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to try and lift that. All right, so I'll say that all of you rush over. Uh, three of you can roll athletics checks. 22. Oh, 24. <laughs> so all three of you together, bending from the knees, you lift this heavy piece of wood and beam that seems to be a rafter from the roof. You lift it above your head and all three of you look at each other and then toss it behind you and immediately falls and crumples in the wreckage and there's an ash explosion behind you and you three of you look absolutely dope. <laughs> <laughs> you look down and see Arden and one of you picks him up and shoulders him. Hi guys, and thank you so much for listening to the latest episode, D&D Valiant Odyssey. In the future guys, if you want to catch up with us outside of the times that the episodes are released, you can come to our Discord. You should find the link in the show notes. If you want to catch up on all the announcements and keep up to date with the Valiant Odyssey action, then there's our socials link as well. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, we're there. Valiant Odyssey is growing and it's all because of you. So thank you so much for your patronage. Make sure you leave a review on your favorite podcast medium. We'll see you next week. Welcome to the Odyssey. <laughs>